This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Chris Swain. Today on the podcast, we are talking about lost and found, continuing through the Gospels, generally the book of Luke and Matthew. We've been we've been kind of going back and forth a little bit, just talking about Jesus. And this week with Lost and Found, I'm pretty excited. And I'm excited because you're excited, and I have no idea why. Yeah. I mean, we're excited every time we do the podcast, but you seem extra excited about this topic today. And uh, I think those listening are going to be very excited as well because you're excited. Yeah, well, this is one of my favorite teachings in the early life of Jesus, I mean, okay. a lot of I'll say that a lot because anything in the Gospels is one of my favorites. Yeah, but this one is is really one of my favorites because there's so many insights here that we read casually mm. and miss. Yeah, and so what we're going to find today is, as you said, Luke and Matthew are the ones we're going to be in the most mm-hmm. of the Gospels because they are the ones that make the most most connections to the Old Testament. Mm. And remember, our journey here is to show you how the New Testament overlays the Old Testament. Right. And we're making all these connections. So we're going to talk about the time Jesus, as a young boy, went with his parents to the Passover in order to uh, be in his father's house, and he gets lost. There are mm. so many firsts here and insights that I want to get into it because we yeah. don't want to miss them. So we're going to read, and I'm going to stop you along okay. the way, and uh, we're going to start in Luke chapter 2, okay. verse 41. Luke two forty one in his father's house Ooh. is the is the pericope, which is that header. not to be confused with the song in my father's house huh? in my father oh, my, my father's <laughs> that's house right, that's right uh, every year his parents traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover festival okay let's stop there okay here we go <laughs> I was wondering if I was going to be able to get a word out no, you I got did. a whole sentence yes. out I'm pretty that's pretty good no you knew it was coming okay so <laughs> what's happening here is you have to remember Jesus is a product of his culture. Mm -hmm. Remember, Jesus is a Jewish man in a Jewish custom, following Jewish customs in a Jewish culture, living among Jewish people, uh, serving a predominantly at that time Jewish God. Mm -hmm. Okay, So Jesus is going to follow because he is a devout uh, follower of God, his father, his parents are as well. They're going to go to the festivals that require them to make pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. There are three festivals every year. Mm-hmm. that require every Jew or expect every Jewish man and woman to make the trip to Israel, to Jerusalem, for the festivals. Do you know what the three are? I don't. Okay. I couldn't tell you a single one. Number one. I want to say Festival of Lights, but that doesn't sound right. No, not the Festival of Lights. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what I don't know what in my head. That's a new one. Could be Hanukkah, maybe. <laughs> maybe but no. I think- that's not, yeah. Could be Hanukkah lighting the candle. I was I don't trying know. to make the connection. Yeah, yeah. You, you're thinking Father of Lights from James 1. Okay, no. The first one's Passover. Mm. That is one of the three requ- required festivals that you're supposed to be at. Mm-hmm. Passover. Number two, Pentecost, the mm. Feast of Weeks. Okay, Pentecost. And the third one is the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, mm. when you know those three, Pentecost, Tabernacles, and and Passover. Then when you read the Gospels, particularly the book of John, six Mm -hmm. and six and eight, six, seven and eight, you'll realize Jesus is in Jerusalem for these festivals. And that changes a lot. You'll notice some of these when you read. Okay. So Jesus's family went down, look what it says, every year. Now why is that important? 
because a lot of Jewish people didn't go every year, or mm. some didn't. But this is a devout family. They're going every single year. Now, you got to understand, this is a big journey. Mm. Jesus' family lives in Nazareth at this point. They came back from Egypt. Remember, they settled in Nazareth. The parents are in Nazareth. Nazareth is the place they left when they first went down to Bethlehem with the scandal of a woman who was having a baby out of wedlock by the name of Mary. Hmm. So there's a cloud still over their head. People yeah. are still skeptical of Mary and Joseph. Is yeah. Jesus you know, an, uh, born out of wedlock? And mm -hmm. so there's still that skepticism. But you gotta remember, this is not a town with people living in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. People don't live out in the hills, they don't live out in the suburbs, they all live together. Now, yeah. the way they built houses back then is something called insulates. The houses were called insulates, mm. I-N-S-U-L-A, insulates. They would build a home, the, the, the family, the father and mother, mm -hmm. and then as they had kids, the kids wouldn't move out of town, they would actually build onto the side of the home. Mm. So they would build rooms. You talk about getting to know your in-laws. <laughs> you and Melissa get married, you're yeah. building onto mom's house, okay? <laughs> so the whole family's there. So you can imagine, if you have a big yeah. family, extended family, everybody lives next to each other. Yeah, it sounds fun. <laughs> Sounds real fun. No privacy. You talk about different no culture altogether. They were different culture. Okay. So when you traveled to these festivals, the entire town, get this in your mind, traveled together. Hmm. Okay. Now you may be saying, okay, well that's that makes sense, but it's a big town, so a lot of people travel. No, hmm. Nazareth. You got to remember, in the first century was so insignificant that some of the early maps did not even have it on as a city. Did hmm. you know this? I did not know that. Guess what the population of Nazareth was in the first century? I'm going to go with 2,000. Wow, that's a good guess. Is that a good guess? No. No, no, no nowhere near. Though. Nowhere near. Uh, <laughs> 200. Two to 300 people. Oh, wow. Two, that is really low. Two to 300 people, they, they guesstimate. Some say up to 500. I think it's more two to 300, okay? So you got to understand, the entire town is traveling together, two to 300 people. So, you, cause you're always going to remember or wonder how did Jesus get lost? How do you lose Jesus? Yeah. You, well, I, I'm thinking home alone, it, you know, yeah. it, at this time frame, Macaulay you know, Culkin, huh? all the things come together and it's just a perfect scenario. We're like, where, who, where's Jesus? Yeah. At? Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, the only difference is you've lost the son of God. Okay. So there's one big difference. Okay? Temple alone. Yeah. It would be the movie, I guess. Okay, yes. Yes. <laughs> Temple alone. <laughs> All right, let's read verse 42. Okay, verse 42. <laughs> We're already on the second passage. Don't go far, though. When he was 12 years old. Okay, okay. <laughs> I knew it. Well, I just want to give one note here. Right. There's a reason this happens and is recorded at 12 years old, mm. okay? What happens in the life of a Jewish boy at the age mm. of 12? He becomes a man. Yes. From 12 to 13 is the time a boy becomes a man. Now, it's more than just saying, okay, he's a man. In Jewish culture, they do something called the bar mitzvah. Mitzvah. Bar mitzvah. You've heard of this. I have. What does it mean? I have no idea. Okay. Thanks for the honesty. <laughs> it means you but, become a man. Yeah, because you become a man. No, bar is the, we know from Bartimaeus. Okay. Bar Kokhba. Uh, bar, um, I don't know. But, but bar means yeah. son of. Okay. Bartimaeus means son of. Mm. Okay. So bar mitzvah. Mitzvah is from the Hebrew word mitzvahot, commandment, mm. commandments. Son of commandment. Mitzvah, yes. So you at the age of 12, turning 13, you become the son of the commandments. Mm. So you become responsible 
for the commandments yourself. Oh, wow. Now, this is how we get this idea of the age of accountability. We've talked about this in the church today. Mm-hmm. If a person dies before yeah. the age of 12 or 13, uh, they're still going to heaven, we always say. Yeah. And one of the ways we get this in Christianity is we follow this from a person becoming a man in the Jewish culture. So Jesus yeah. is going to become a man in a sense. Mm-hmm. But what was important about a bar mitzvah? What was important about a bar mitzvah? Or particularly 12 to 13. Mm. Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's when they declared normally what they were going to do as a profession. Ah. I've said this before. Jewish kids go to, Jewish boys and girls go to three levels of school. Right. The Beit Sephora, mm-hmm. which was the age of five to about 10. The Beit Midrash, mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, the Beit Talmud, which mm-hmm. was 10 to about 13. The Beit uh midrash which was 13 14 to the rest of their life when they study under a rabbi mm. it was at that age that they declared i'm either going to work in the vineyard i'm going to make sandals i'm going to be a fisherman mm. or i'm going to study under a rabbi at 12 years old at 12 to 13 could you imagine that in america <laughs> saying to your i can't even get my son out of bed at 12 and he's 12 well, right do the now. rest of your life i'm going to play video games that's what that's what but no, that's what ours son. are saying <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that's in the book. Okay, so 12 years old, Jesus is going to declare something. And why is that important? Because what you're going to see in this passage, this is why I love it. I don't know if you know this, Chris. This is the first recorded words of Jesus. Should we save them for after the break? Well, we probably need to save them for after the break. As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple-makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. And we're back. We're talking about uh, Jesus uh, being lost in the city or at the temple, temple. and uh, lost and found today. And and one of the things that we, we left off on as we've gotten one and a half verses in <laughs> is that uh, Jesus at age 12 is celebrating uh, is being celebrated, is basically, in essence, choosing his job for the rest of his life. Making a statement. Making a statement about it. How yes. about that instead? He's making a statement. Uh, okay. Traditionally, that's when they chose it, but he's making a statement, and we wanted to come back because we were saying these are the first words recorded by Jesus. Okay, let's keep going. We're not even close to the words, oh, so let's keep We're going. not close, but we're going to get there. When he was 12 they went years up, old. Uh, yeah, when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom of the festival, After those days were over, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming he was in the traveling party, they went a day's journey. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. Okay, now here's what's happening. The journey from Nazareth to Jerusalem is how many days? Uh, Three days. Close. A little bit longer probably. Four days, maybe five. I was, I was very close. Well, you got to understand, they're, they're walking. <laughs> That's true. So, That's true. <laughs> they're not taking a greyhound, okay? <laughs> so they're walking uh, They're walking a uh, four- to five-day journey, okay? Mm-hmm. So they leave, it says, assuming he was traveling, they went a day's journey, began looking for him among the relatives, mm-hmm. and then it says they travel back, verse 46. Now, here yeah. we go into the story. 
After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Okay, this is so cool right here. Okay, so they travel about a day outside of the city. They realize he's gone. Mm -hmm. They travel another day back to the city. Mm -hmm. And then on the third day, I think it's fascinating. Remember, numbers are significant in the Gospels. We don't want to find um, meaning to every number, but I do. I try to look to see if there's something here. (laughs) Yeah. After three days, now just say this, after three days they found him. I think there's a cool connection here. I don't Mm. want to make too much of it. But isn't it interesting that Jesus' parents look for three days, Mm. and on the third day they find Jesus. Hmm. When Jesus dies on the cross, they were looking for Jesus. They went to the tomb, didn't find him. But on the third day, Jesus rises from the dead, and they find him. Okay, so it's an interesting connection there. I don't want to make much, yeah. but I think it's interesting. Uh, so Jesus is there, it says, after three days, mm-hmm. sitting in the temple among the teachers. Now, who yes. are the teachers of Israel? The teachers, um, I'm guessing the Pharisees. The Pharisees, the, the scribes. The scribes, uh, yeah. Let me put it in perspective. It would be like sitting in a Ph.D. seminar mm-hmm. with professors, doctors, Greek uh, linguistic mm. teachers uh, describing and discussing and uh, debating, in a sense, yeah. scripture, telling Augustine and Spurgeon, "Hey, here's what. Here, let's talk about." That's this. a great <laughs> word. So you got Spurgeon. If it, if yeah. it was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, you'd have them all there. You know, you have Spurgeon, you have uh, Augustine, you have the elite, the PhDs yes. of the day. Okay. Yes. Now you and I would be nervous. Mm-hmm. anxious in that environment. I probably would not speak up, I'll be honest. I was going to say, yeah, so you and I in that environment would be nervous. This is a 12-year-old boy, and here's what it says here, which has always been something I've questioned. They were sitting among, he was sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. Now mm-hmm. watch what they're amazed by. Read mm-hmm. the next verse. When, uh, all, and all those who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. Okay, so, so the question is, they were listening to him ask questions, mm. but they were astounded by his answer. So the question is, what's the question? Yeah, what right? were the questions? Like, what were the questions? <laughs> so is he asking questions or is he giving answers? Yeah. And the answer is? Both. Both. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love that. You're learning. Yeah, You're learning. That's right. Both, okay? You got to remember, Jesus, a, a rabbi would always show his mastery of a subject mm. by not answering a question from his Talmud, Talmudim, mm. which, which are his disciples, his disciples, he would not answer the question of the disciples. He would actually respond with a question to their question. So yeah. it's kind of like one-upping each other. Mm. I learned this years ago from Dwight Pryor when we went to his retreat uh, years ago, and uh, we were trying to see how long we could go, and we were talking back and forth. Dwight said, you ought to see how long you can go by not responding to anyone for a period of time in an answer, but respond in a question. <laughs> Does that make sense, Chris? Yeah, we've always got the answers, but but he's saying the thought process, the, the more challenging thing to do is ask questions. Yes, because here's why. Because when you ask a question, you're causing a person to think deeper. Mm. Okay, so Jesus always did this. When they would say, hey, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What does mm. Jesus say? You must. Why do you call me good? Oh, that's right. I was. I was telling. Are there not twelve hours in the day? (laughs) You know, that's right. He's asking. Have you kept all the commandments? I mean, Jesus is always asking questions. I jumped right to the answer. Who do you say that I am? Questions. I know. I know. Who do people say that I am? I mean, he's always asking questions. Okay. Yeah. So what they are astounded by is the rabbinic understanding of a boy 
to be able to internalize deep theological ideas with the PhDs, professors of the day. Mm -hmm. And they are blown away by the questions he asks, which are actually Mm. the answers. Yeah. Think about that for a second. Yeah. So the questions he's asking are answers. Jesus asked a lot of questions. Peter, do you love me? Mm -hmm. Why do you call me good? Why have you forsaken? I mean, the whole the whole yeah. book's filled. And with they it. answer the question. You know, why do you call me good? He's telling him right there. You're you call me good because you know who I am. That's right. And if you know who I am, you already know the answer. You That's have right. Right. Exactly. When Jesus is asking these questions, he he's got a pointed answer. Okay. So let's keep going. Verse forty eight. Verse forty eight. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, "Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you." Now, what is Jesus going to answer with? A question. Of course, of course. <laughs> Why were you searching for me? He asked them. Okay, so Jesus, in true rabbinic fashion, right, starts with the question. When his parents say, "You know, don't teach your kids this because they'll be on you. It'd be hard to, you know." Why didn't you clean up the room? And then they may ask you a question. Why are you asking me this question? Yeah, no. Why didn't you clean up your room, Dad? Okay, we're not talking about me now. We're not talking about me. Yeah. Why are your socks yeah. on the floor, Dad? You know. So Jesus said, "Imagine parenting Jesus. Yeah. You know, it's like." Do you get to a place where the parents say, we can't win with yeah. him. Yeah, we can't win. Right, right. A perfect son, right? Never yeah. does anything wrong. Okay, Jesus says, why are you searching for me? Hmm. That, that, what is he saying there? Think about that. Just think on a deeper level. He, he's asking the question why they don't recognize who he is. Yes. Would be my first guess. Yeah, that's really good. Why didn't you know I would be here? Like, like this shouldn't be a surprise to you yeah. that I'm in this the place. He's already told you, uh, you named me. Yes. We, uh, the, the shepherds came. I mean, hello, put the pieces together here. <laughs> yes. And then Jesus gives this statement, which is really a declaration of what he's going to do the rest of his mm. life. Okay. Didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be in my father's house, but they did not understand what he said to them. Fascinating. Okay. But when you go down a little further, here we go. Let's go yeah. down to the next verse, 51. Yes. Here's, here's a cool insight. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother kept all these things in her heart. Okay. And, That's the second time, yeah. by the way, that Mary has kept all these things in her heart. If you remember the first reference was Luke 2, 19, mm-hmm. when she treasured all these things in her heart. Yeah. And now we have it again. Now, what we're going to see here is something fascinating. Mm. We're going to see how Jesus grew, and what I'm going to give you is a model to pray over your kids Mm. and for your kids with the four words to describe the life of Jesus, Mm. okay? This is a great prayer paradigm for your kids, to pray over your kids, okay? I'm going to give them to you, so read it real quick. Okay. And Jesus increased in in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with people. Okay. Now, here's what's interesting. Wisdom is what? He grew in something. Wisdom. Intellect. No. Intellect. Yeah. He grew in knowledge. Yeah. So Jesus, as a man mm-hmm. in his humanity, mm-hmm. grew in knowledge. Mm-hmm. Don't think of Jesus as the kid in the yeshiva schools back in the first century when the teacher would say, all right, class, who can quote Psalm 119, mm-hmm. longest psalm in, psalm in the Bible? Yeah. Jesus didn't stand up and start quoting, and the kids look one to another and say, that's ah, easy for him to say. He wrote it. You know, He wrote the book. No, Jesus yeah. had to, as a man in his humanity, I know this is going to catch some off guard, in his humanity, yeah. he learned the scriptures. He loved his father. He had what the, the, the Jewish culture calls chutzpah. Mm. You've heard of chutzpah? I've heard it. 
You know, chutzpah is what That's Abraham right, had, meant, Moses but, had. Yeah. It's passion for the Lord. So this is a boy who mm-hmm. has passion for his father. He is hiding the word in his heart, not mm-hmm. because he's going to sin, yeah. but because he's learning about his father. He's growing in a relationship. So he grew mm-hmm. in intellect. Number two. Stature. Stature. So what does that mean? Status. Or physically grow. Physically grow, yeah. Yeah, stature. So he grew physically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, don't think of Jesus as this Herculean figure yeah. who has got a perfect, you know, body. Long flowing blonde locks. Yeah, it's in Fabio. It's in Fabio here. And, and some are saying, who is Fabio? But for those our age and older, you remember, right, right. You remember Fabio. Okay. Statue he grew phys- physically. Right. Number three. Favor. With who? With God and with people. Okay, so two things here. Favor with God is mm. he grew spiritually. Mm. Don't, don't neglect that. Yes, he grew yeah. in knowledge. Yes, he grew physically, but he grew spiritually. And favor with men, he grew socially. Mm. So God gave him favor with him, obviously with himself, so he grew spiritually. But then he had favor with other people. So I think that is a wonderful way for us to pray as we close for mm. our kids. Yes, God, would you help them grow intellectually, help them grow physically, help them grow socially, most importantly. Let's pray they grow spiritually. Mm. That's another good word and incredible insights. We even, I feel like we even skipped over some things because of time, but hopefully you found it helpful. And if so, text a friend right now. Share the link with them. Uh, give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcast. And once again, thanks for listening. Until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.